Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napson. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to look at Star Wars news. It's breaking news from a 
long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, and post-celebration, a little bit lighter on the news, which is okay. Even Star Wars newscasters need a little bit of a break as we all recover from the fun at Star Wars celebrations. So we're going to get to some fun stories today that are about uh, dream headcanon meetings and characters returning and a lot of fun there. Before we do that, we're going to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So we are going to dive into the news like we do in a bit. We're going to catch up. But first, Joseph and I have a very important question. So, Jennifer Landa, what did you do at Star Wars Celebration? <laughs> Finally, I can talk about it. Yay. The video is up on the Disney Plus YouTube channel. Um, I was a correspondent for What's Up Disney Plus, which is their their show that they have where they share the latest news on Disney Plus and things like that. So I was their celebration reporter. Nice. Um, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Beautiful. <sighs> so, so people- yeah, I'm... Go no, yes, please. No, I, I was just going to ask you what it was like to kind of day to day, like how much work did you do uh, for that great clip? Yeah, right, exactly. It's like three minutes, but we we did, I mean, we <laughs> got up at like, we were there at 8 a.m. Both, wow. both days. Yeah, like oh, actually more like 7.45. And the crazy thing was, is uh, I think I woke up at like 5.45, 6 o'clock the first day. And I looked outside my window, which was out, uh, I could see the convention like walkway mm. and there were already like, crowds of people that mm. first day. And I was like, all right, this is going to be a good celebration and people in costumes. It was just, it was incredible. Um, so I was excited to meet people, you know, cosplayers and things like that. Check out the Mandalorian experience. And then the icing on the cake was being able to talk to some of the Star Wars actors and creators. And you guys, I wish... I wish you could have been there with me because, <laughs> you know, seeing these people in real life, like from, I mean, there, there are heroes, right? I mean, mm. oh, legends, Phil Tippett. I, I, I mean, wow. just like I was my Joe Johnston, wow. Ashley Eckstein, Ewan McGregor, like they came into our little area backstage and yeah. God bless the Disney plus people. They were like grabbing them. Come just, we're going to do like a quick little interview. Mm. Um, and it just was, what I think what, what really blew me away was how nice, like genuinely nice and happy to be there everyone was. Like you could hear the the fan stage, you could hear the crowd like screaming. And then, you know, that was sometimes like in her interview, but like everyone was just really, they love the fans. Like it's not, it's not for show, you know what I mean? And I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of unusual. I think. Yeah. I th- I just think it's it's a powerful thing to be making something if you're a writer, creator, producer, actor, whatever, director, and you're making something with a theoretical audience in your mind and they become mm-hmm. this sort of uh, an audience becomes a concept, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to something like Celebration, particularly that fan stage, which is literally a fan stage, right? It's just yeah. uh, people sitting in a, a warehouse-like space uh, in costume waiting for you to scream your name, right? And and applaud mm-hmm. for you and know your thoughts. And to not only see that whole group, but then also to like, if you're sitting there and you're Ian McGregor and you're literally seeing like, well, they're, they're, that's person's wearing my Padawan braid. <laughs> you know, that that person's dressed up as I, I think that's a mountain of porgs, right? And they're suddenly they're real. You know, the, the effect yeah. that that must have to the audience isn't a concept. They're real people. They really get joy about it. It's not just the critics. It's not just the snark on Twitter. It's the audience is real. Mm-hmm. 
Right I don't know how they deal they deal with it because let me tell you when when Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor were on that fan stage I believe mm-hmm. it was so loud like it shook my <laughs> body it was so loud and I thought what must that be like to be on the receiving end of that love mm-hmm. I just and they couldn't be more down to earth like that's the amazing they came in Ewan yeah. McGregor was so nice so personable saying hello to everyone no Hollywood attitude which is Shocking. I used to work at E! Entertainment News back in the day. I saw a lot of celebrities. And let me tell you, a lot of them are not very nice. So this was really a a delight because, you you know, when you meet your heroes, you want them to be nice people. And thankfully, everyone was. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, hey, Jim, Jim, where were you? You were situated behind like the Star Wars live show where, where, where they're just grabbing people from there? Yes. So okay. literally as they were coming off the stage and that added to the excitement, we didn't sometimes know who we were going to get. Mm. Or <laughs> they were like, we're getting so-and-so. No, Ron Howard is walking in. Okay, great. <laughs> so um, it was really, really exciting. Um, kept me on my toes. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I got to ask Kathleen Kennedy, you know, if you built your own droid, what would it, what would it do? <laughs> She was like, ah, okay. I think she answered like uh, she would have it do her like dishes or housework or something like that. So it was really, it was really neat. Was uh, who was the most um, emotionally affecting for you to be just having a a nice, fun, casual conversation with? Was it Kathleen Kennedy? Um, you know, it was actually, uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy was fantastic, but Dave, Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau, because mm. they came in, sorry, there's the trash truck. The trash sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay, um, Jed. It's a trash truck droid, isn't it? <laughs> right. It's doing the housework. Um, Dave Filoni and John Favreau were so like, so generous with their time. They kept chatting and, and I was like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh, I can ask them more questions. Okay, how about the Ahsoka show? Like, I, I just was, I was so shocked by just how like friendly and open they were. And I, I just, it was really, and again, they love the fans. They are fans themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that really struck me. And I thought, here's these two legends. These, these, they, I mean, they've cre- they created the volume. So, I mean, there's just so much. Yeah. Like they're visionaries, right? And here they are, just like eh, let me let me tell you about my Star Wars memory when I first saw it. Like just incredible, absolutely oh, incredible. That's so great, yeah. and so it is so great to just see all the different vibes. And we've talked about it on on the show. There are actors who are like, yeah, no, I, I've seen different Star Wars and I like them, but I that's just not. I'm not a you know convention person. But you you get the feeling particularly with Filoni, that if that, you know, infamous interview he had with Lucas went the other way, <laughs> mm-hmm. that Filoni would still be at this celebration dressed as Plo Koon, <laughs> right? And he'd, he'd probably be a creator somewhere else making something else amazing, uh, but right. he'd still be as much of a fan as he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one last thing I'll say is um, Diego, Diego Luna came, came in with Genevieve O'Reilly and he had just come in from Spain and he was so tired and his publicist mm. was like, oh, he's really, really tired. But the minute he came in so friendly, you know, obviously mm. like was very animated and, and, and such a joy to talk to. But the two of them together have such a great chemistry that they were really having fun i think they even gave him lightsabers towards the end for another part of the interview (laughs) he was like at first like okay how are we going to do this and then they both got so into it like they were battling each other i was like Mm. this is oh my gosh this is a sight to see (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's great that's That's awesome that yeah, sounds yeah a lot of fun we yeah we we, we knew you're out there we you're out there doing something wonderful uh and, and a lot of people kept asking uh 
you know, uh, what's Jennifer doing when they come up to us at Celebration? We're like, you'll find out. You'll find yes. out. So there yes. it was. And so we posted it. it. Uh, we retweeted your, your tweet on Twitter. Thank but you. if people uh, aren't on social media and they want to find this great best of clip, uh, where's the best place to go? Go to Disney Plus YouTube channel. It is there on their, I think it's their What's Up Disney Plus celebration video. So mm. it is awesome. there. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, Joseph, uh, you and I don't have those Star Wars adventures to share, but it's uh, been another wonderful week. Uh, another week of Kenobi, another week of uh, wonderful discussions, wonderful discourse, as well as some frustrating uh, times out there, too. We get that. But I've been seeing more positive and the more positive, uh, the light fighting back against the dark this week, it seems. So how was your Star Wars week uh, in life? Oh, pretty good. I didn't uh, interview anyone from Star Wars unless you count yeah. my action figures. I asked them some questions about where they think the narrative is going and they had some uh, <laughs> insights. That was very fun. Yeah, no, I feel in general like I'm I'm really happy about uh, being able to stay on the light side with, uh, with Obi-Wan. It feels like for me on social media, a lot of fans are really, really enjoying it, really moved by it. There's so much to be moved by, uh, you know, depending on where your interest is. As a fan, um, if you're really into the prequels, if you're really into uh, Leia Organa or both, uh, like a lot of us, there's so much to love. And the only little bits of negativity that I've personally seen are almost more like this is a movie, like the kind of people who come uh, and have mm. an opinion when a Star Wars movie is released. Uh, yeah. I think because it's so high stakes and I've definitely seen a couple of things where I just like I see the beginning of it and go. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> I get the gist of the critique and I'll give it some thought and I'm going to move on. So I've managed to stay in an Obi-Wan place of joy. That's been one of my main Star Wars adventures. And then uh, only other real adventures are sort of like um, great life uh, ramifications of uh, of Star Wars celebration in terms of sharing it with people. Uh, my wife was really excited to say like, okay, when am I going to... When are you going to show me all the action figures that we now have? <laughs> so we had a, a sit down and I uh, slowly rolled out each one and, you know, I warned her before I showed her the uh, battle damaged Anakin Skywalker all burnt up because uh, I thought she might be a little bit disturbed. And she's like, no, this one's great. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and then I talked to my dad and uh, explained to him the astromech drummer. Uh, and mm. told him about it in, in great detail because my dad is oh, yeah. a drummer and uh, oh wow the uh, the little bit you know it, the the drums are very space agey uh, very uh, Star Wars spacey on the astromech drummer but um, a part of the drum has this uh, sort of a sparkle quality that was really popular in drums in the '60s when my dad. Mm. Uh, first started playing and you know he used to tell me about this orange sparkle kit that he maybe almost got instead of his black kit uh, and there's mm. like a silver sparkle to them so there's like fun drum details uh to discuss with my dad and i started with okay like so i saw this star wars droid and it's a drummer now do you want to hear about it and he's like of course i do <laughs> this is normal drums this is a star wars droid drummer he's like tell me all about it send me pictures so that was really Aww. great to, yeah. to be able to uh, share with the people in my life the adventures that I had at Star Wars Celebration. So that was really my big Star Wars adventure this week. That's great. That's also the end of a, of a journey. I felt I, I kind of uh, began with you at that Mando experience where you, I heard you kind of say to yourself and me, oh, my God, they got the asteroid there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it, and you were so right. I loved uh, kind of seeing it through your eyes, too. Love the droid. Love the concept. But, yeah, seeing the drums, the details and. Uh, feeling your joy for it there and, and your connection to your father over that. That's that's a, that's a great stuff. That's truly a Star Wars story. Yeah, and I mean, that was one of the great parts of the experience. I always liked that, of seeing what looks different in person and seeing what's mm. different up close. You know, I love seeing just like, the, uh, I, I'm all about sparkles, I guess. There's like a little bit yeah. of texture to the armor's 
red armor plate on, on her chest. Yeah. That yeah. looks a little bit different in person. And that's what I love about these kind of exhibits. Yeah. It fascinated too. I know we, I think we mentioned it last week, but just seemed the, 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 what are no doubt cosplayers researching the designs by taking close shots of heels <laughs> of boots and belts <laughs> in the Mando experience. Yeah. Spectacular. Uh, one other quick thing I, I want to share, yeah. uh, if I may, uh, if you are listening on Tuesday and you, uh, live in California, that is the last day to vote. And that's the other star Wars adventure that I'm going to have. My wife and I opened up the ballots, uh, that are sent out and just the, I've been following some of the races like mayor and that, but there's so many races and it requires so much actual time and effort to participate in democracy. And this is just, I wanted to share that because it's one of those moments where uh, my love of star Wars and our analysis of it, like helps me in day-to-day life. You know, you look at this list of like, well, I I don't know everything about every assembly candidate. I don't know everything about every judge, but like I am inspired to take the time do the research and figure it out and give it that investment because of characters like Padme and Leia. And it's one mm-hmm. of those, those moments where later today after we record, I'm going to have a star Wars adventure in that I'll be uh, thinking of making Padme proud by really researching and filling out my ballot. Yes. <laughs> I think, yeah, there needs to be a, a, a vote with Padme star Wars campaign <laughs> national, like kind of like MTV's rock the vote years ago. We oh, should do that. Yes. Padme yeah, the go, vote. Uh, I love it turn in my ballot after this and it's been a, yeah it's not that it's a it's been a weird election so actually a, a person that used to work for me is running for state senate didn't know <gasps> oh wow you don't see you don't see the ads it's just been a weird uh it's oh. a weird time so yeah absolutely get out and vote uh we do believe it's important here uh and my, my star wars adventures and life adventures i got i gotta tell you potentially de- a little sad a little depressing just warn everybody <laughs> It's a lesson okay. in letting go. No, so uh, Grace and I have the the, the wonderful new little uh, pu- puppy. Well, three year, three four year, year old uh, Chihuahua, but she has puppy energy. That's for clear, for sure. <laughs> um, very clear. Um, yeah, Fr- Francis, Franny, uh, Francis, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher's middle name. We uh, didn't name her, so it was a, a kismet there. I uh, oh, love wow. that. But um, um, we call her our, our little noodle, and uh, we had to we have to send her away for training. She's got a lot of things going on, uh, a lot of trauma, a lot of things in the past, some things we want to not just not this isn't just sit, stay, roll over. This is how can you function in this world because you're a frightened, little, wonderful, sweet creature. Um, So we had to uh, found a wonderful trainer. Our friend Jen Sturger recommended this trainer and we had a border. It's a two week process. And uh, for those of you not familiar with the layout of, of LA, like I, we're in Burbank, but there's Santa Clarita. And then out, out past that's a place called Aqua Dulce, known for the Vasquez rocks that are featured in Star Trek and a lot of uh, uh, Instagram influencer photo shoots. Um, <laughs> so right in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right now the I want to see the, the Gorn from Star Trek yes. as an influencer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so in the shadow of those rocks and nearby is uh, where we had to take her. And so that's a, like an hour and a half drive. And wow. We had a great, you know, drive and we're holding the dog when the dog doesn't know. And then we had to, you know, give up the dog for two weeks. And Aww. it was truly a lesson in, I just kept thinking of Shmi. <laughs> I just keep, <laughs> I kept thinking of her uh, as, as Anakin walks away. And, and, and I don't know if we were Anakin or the dog was Shmi or the or vice versa. Might, it was hard for the dog, might've been harder for us. And it's just one of those, uh, you know, you got to do what's right for them. What, not what feels good for you. Mm. Uh, and, and it's so hard and it's so hard and just, you know, one of those little, little moments where almost important, maybe people in my life who aren't on a Star Wars podcast get annoyed with me of like, well, it's like in Star Wars. And it's like, <laughs> does, it, does, does Star Wars ever turn off for you? And I'm like, no, it's actually got, it's actually more and more an influence on my life. 
as I get older. Yeah, I'm bringing it into the serious conversations, arguments with my mom over politics, handing <laughs> off a dog for two weeks of trading, and uh, uh, the 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 art of letting go and knowing that it's uh, it's uh, for the, the the greater good of of of, of all of us, you know. And, it, and so here it is, this little uh, four pound chihuahua being handed over is this big Star Wars life lesson for me. So Franny, we're gonna get you in a couple weeks. Uh, oh. Don't worry, but uh, mm. it's gonna. She might go to. She might be a, turned into a Darth Franny. We don't know. She's got the potential. She's it's light and dark in there, uh, battling oh, right no. now. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, thank once again, Shmi. Uh, I look to you, Shmi Skywalker. Thank you for your advice. Oh, that is that is a lovely story, and I think well handled. Uh, when you talk about how Franny is going to come back, I hope they don't have some like a uh, cave, <laughs> some force cave. Like, go in there and face yourself, Franny. Well, and 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 uh, the landscape. Uh, uh, where we we took this uh, this wonderful little creature, this little uh, uh, breeders, you know, they have a lot of dogs out there. It's it's literally kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't. It's it kind of looks like Dolores Homestead. Like oh you kind of feel like you're going out there, <laughs> but the landscape looks a little bit like uh, the uh, was it Maputo where we're at in uh, Kenobi. Mapuzo, yeah, oh, Mapuzo, yeah, right, Maputo, right. Mapuzo. Uh, um, it look the landscape is very similar uh, where you you kind of think maybe they shot around the corner. Um, so yeah, it definitely everything is Star Wars. Everything is Star Wars in life. <laughs> well, that's great that you're using it though, using the the big ideas to help you cope with the hard things. Yeah, mm. absolutely. That's Even right. in our advancing years, Star Wars continues to teach us. So, from our life adventures, our Disney Plus adventures, we are going to go into some Star Wars news, and a lot of it's still coming out of Star Wars Celebration. But this is uh, two stories we got today that it's just kind of fun to dive into: what ifs and what could be's, and uh, what do we think might have happened. Luke and Ahsoka's first meeting is in the spotlight at Star Wars Celebration. A uh, friend of the show, friend of us, Ash Crossan, uh, just uh, killed it on that panel, that Mando panel, but she also had the red carpet stuff. And as Jen can attest, that's hard. You got two minutes. You got you got a question or two to yeah. get it. Uh, and uh, her, along with people like Maude Garrett, they're just experts mm-hmm. on those red carpets of getting uh, getting these actors and, and creators to, to just talk and be real. And, and uh, she has good rapport with uh, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, of course. Jen, you you, you know what that is like. Those they love to talk, if but they also love to hide their secrets. Um, <laughs> Filoni, she asked Filoni about how Luke and Ahsoka know each other. Just hey, how do they meet? And Filoni, in his little <laughs> cheeky cowboy hat way, says he has an idea for this key story moment and has had it for years, but hasn't had a chance to tell that story yet. So, first part of this is this seemingly indicates we won't see this moment in the upcoming Ahsoka series. So my first direct question, Joseph, Jennifer, putting on our uh, Vegas uh, gambling odds hats, I guess, uh, straight up. Do we think this is a trademark Filoni faint? Ahsoka lives, question mark, turned exclamation point. Do we think maybe he just doesn't want to give that away but wants to get a, give a tease out? Or do we take him at face value? It's not going to be in this series. Jennifer, lay down mm. your chips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first thing I'll say is that it's kind of amazing. Ash had just finished moderating that panel, right? And then she's going on the red carpet. Like That (laughs) is incredible. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know how she does it. She's amazing. Um, And I think he's being honest. I think. I, I like that he has a plan. I like that he was like, I had to figure that out first to know where I am now. Um, but I think, you know, it's very George Lucas, right? I I think that he's going to figure out the right way to tell it. Mm. And then we'll have to figure out what is that going to be, right? It's going to be animated series. It's going to be live action. It's going to be, it could be comics. It could be his novel. Who the heck knows? Um, but I, I do think he's being honest, at least with this first. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, I watched that clip over and over again. I was like really analyzing his face. I'm like, is he telling the truth? Is he lying? <laughs> but I think well, he's telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, he's so good and, and he's cheeky. And I don't know if he's ever lied. He plays with that, you know, like he just right. plays with plays with the truth a little bit there, I guess. And has fun with it. Again, going back to your statement, Jen, he's a fan. And Joseph, you're right. He probably be at Celebration asking the question of someone else uh, if he wasn't the one uh, with a say in that. So, yeah, um, I get what you're saying, Jen. But Joseph, uh, did you freeze frame his face? In- <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I want him to be lying, but I'm going to put my chips yeah. on not lying. Yeah. Or half a half truth. Uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put an Obi-Wan chip on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that maybe we get a little bit more context of their first meeting, but not the full story. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. I think we're in this fascinating new place where Filoni has been cheeky, right? Like, when he yeah. wants to kind of wink and say maybe, he does it with a shirt or he'll do a joke, right? Like mm. he even ended this with a joke of like, yeah, no, it's a really good story. You know, too bad I don't have time to tell it right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. but I feel like he's, I feel like he has mostly been cheeky. I mm. think the necessity of the internet has now started a new trend of straight up lying, right? Um, yeah. Ewan McGregor did his best to not just straight up lie, right? He's, you know, yeah. moments after the days after the solo premiere with the Obi-Wan beard, you know, there's that interview I always go to where he's, uh, he's got like a breath mint and he's on an after, you know, mm. award carpet thing and just changes the subject to the breath mint <laughs> yeah. to try to get people off the Obi-Wan train. Uh, but then like Andrew Garfield for Spider-Man, just straight up, there's montages of him straight up lying, right? Mm-hmm. Because he had no other choice if he, right. if he was right. cute about it. So we are in an era of straight up lying <laughs> to yeah. keep fans happy. But I don't feel like that's what's going on. I think uh, I'm with Jennifer. I think he's being very honest when saying, I know the story because I needed to lay that tile down to understand what was going on next. Mm-hmm. My thought is the way that he's saying it, using the word story, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to me that he has a, an idea that it is a larger story. It's not just like, yeah, no, hey, after the fall of the empire, they're both searching around, they bump into each other on this planet, you know? Yeah. That yeah. there's some actual like, interact in a beginning a middle and end a conflict a resolution if if their first meeting is a story not just a campfire moment then it mm. makes sense to me that maybe it doesn't fit into the narrative of this first season of ahsoka or it would have been an utter distraction to what they want to accomplish in book of boba fett so mm. that him him describing it as a story that makes it make a little bit more sense to me why he hasn't found the right place for it yet yeah, I really agree. Uh, you highlighting the tile uh, statement of uh, it's a it's a tile I'm putting down on this uh, bathroom remodel that I've got going on. I, I had to know where it all fits in the place, uh, which just it, it makes a lot of sense. And then if if this does hold true, and and this is something that doesn't show up in the series, then I, I even kind of uh, respect the approach anymore, even more of it. We're not just checklisting. We, we know people have this question because we have it too. And it's going it'd be something special. And if that special thing doesn't fit into what we're doing right now, we're not going to wedge it in. We're going to tell it in some other way. And yeah, we're going to speculate what that might be or what we would want that to be. But yeah, I'm with both of you on that. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's always uh, having fun. Cheeky is our word we use to describe it. But here it seems uh, there was a little a strain of sincerity of just like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Can't wait for you to hear it one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he's intentionally trying to like, lay down the groundwork for all of us to be like, you know, don't worry about speculating. It's not coming up in that series in this series or something like that. Um, I'm not saying that's super intentional, but it might, that might be the effect. And that might be nice where 
it's, this isn't Luke's story. This isn't how they met. Um, this is hers and this particular venture. Maybe that's part of her and part of her story so far, but, um, this, the focus isn't on them. The focus is on her and the new people around her coming to the show or old friends, uh, rallying around her in the show. So yeah, I'll, I'll take it from, uh, from that angle too, of just, yeah. like, Hey, here's what to expect. You didn't feel like he was a uh, straight up lying. It's look, it's hard to tell. Um, but no, I, I mean, even, yeah, he, he's a little bit more playful. Than some of the other stuff, even some of the Ahsoka art or not even playful. Sometimes he likes to create a, a mystery. I'm not accusing him of creating a mystery box, but just like he knows what it is. And I think he knows the value of, Hey, just find out or, Hey, uh, let me, let me stoke uh, your, your uh, fires of anticipation a little bit here. I think it's always been with a wink and a nod to being a fan. Mm. Um, again, to your point up top, Jennifer, and, and, and to watch Favreau just kind of sit there. And it's interesting too. The, these two definitely have a lot of power in star Wars right now. We're going to talk about that in the, after the break with the other story, they have a lot of power and, and, and it's fun to just kind of have, look at Favreau kind of look to Filoni and be like, you know, he's, yeah, he's working on it. I'll figure out how to direct it or tell it or something like that. And who else they can bring in to complete that story and make that story. But it's that, that was part of the fun, fun thing to watch of just here is the cartoon guy, which I'm, I don't mean as an insult, but there is the guy who did the cartoon, the Star Wars cartoon that everyone loves now and brought in this cartoon character. He, he, he's, he's, it's all in his head right now. And, and that's just kind of exciting for me as a Star Wars fan. Um, mm-hmm. We love the storytelling. We have put a lot of faith in the storytelling. Um, always, always having a, a great amount of people around him to make it happen. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just like that moment too of just like, all these years later, from Plo Koon and the Revenge of the Sith line to, <laughs> yep, I got a story I'm working on, and maybe I can tell it, and it's an important one. So, I don't know, yeah. I like that part of it, too. Yeah, and, and I think I like what you're saying there, too, because the other question that Ash asked, right, of is any hints towards Grogu's first words, which, of course, obviously, they're not going to go, yep, it's in this <laughs> chapter, <laughs> and it's this. Uh, but I like that Filoni immediately turned to Favreau and was like, that's all you. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, Liz Taylor, uh, the, the ghost of Liz Taylor voices Grogu's uh, first word there for all you <laughs> Simpsons fans. Um, so uh, outside of what uh, the Filoni faint, uh, whether it's there or not, uh, if he's lying, cheeky or just being really sincere and making sure we're not let down. Do we want to see this in the Ahsoka series at all? And that's more of a do we want to see it in the live action question or should this be told elsewhere? We have the Tales of the Jedi series coming out. I've even seen some tweets suggesting, hey, put it there. Have an animated mm-hmm. Luke and Ahsoka meeting, which could be a good spot. But looking at uh, what the show might be, the, 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 the shorts that are telling these wonderful stories. So, uh, Joseph, I'll start with you here. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Live action. Do you need it live action? We've got the wonderful technology. How do you want it to play out, if at all? Or should it be kept? I guess that's the third option. Should it just be kept a mystery? Um, I'm fine with it being a mystery up to a point. I would really love to see it as a fan. Um, I think there's a part of me that would like to see it live action because that's what we're exploring right now. But I'd be happy to get it ultimately in whatever form the creators involved think fits best. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that's this is one of those great, uh, you know, moments where you go, well, what, what's my laundry list of what I want as a fan? And, and I've got them. <laughs> and one yeah. of them is this scene, uh, this story of Luke and Ahsoka meeting. Uh, but I don't want it if it doesn't fit. And I think that's, you know, that's such a point of tension is uh, with our whole speculate responsibly thing. When, when we as fans kind of list things we want, um, it's one thing to want them. It's another to ask, but how does that fit into the narrative? 
and I think Filoni as a fan wants to tell this story, like he said to Ash. And if yeah. he if it isn't in the first season of Ahsoka, I think it's because it doesn't fit. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he tried putting that tile in and goes, it's going to do disservice to the whole. It's going to do disservice to this story if it doesn't fit, if he's telling the truth. So I just want to see it where it fits best mm-hmm. and where it works best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's... That's a great answer and, and the right thought, right? Even if, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I say that uh, joking, I guess a little bit, but like, yeah, no, I, you know, um, we, we feel like sometimes we, we, um, it's okay to be uh, at the dinner table with a knife and fork going, give, give me, give me, give me, give me, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for it. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the, the well, we're going to speculate a little bit on what the story might be, right? Yeah. Okay. I will yeah. hold any other thoughts that, on that. Uh, Joseph concedes the floor. Jennifer, uh, you're up to the microphone. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think it is going to be part of a bigger storyline. I don't, that's why I think he's being very cautious with where he's going to place this, this meetup, if you will. Um, And uh, is it going to be live action? Is it going to be animated? I loved deep, deep fake Luke. I know Mm -hmm. some fans did not like deep fake Luke. So, you know, are they going to want to go down that road again? I don't know. It's yeah. kind of amazing, actually, if you think about how the technology progressed from Luke and the Mandalorian to Luke and the Book of Boba Fett. I think it's a huge improvement. So who knows by the time mm-hmm. that they come back? I mean, it could even look even more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of want it in live action, though. <sighs> I, I don't want it in book form. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't want mm. it in book form. <laughs> But animated form is great too. And, and I trust him. And, you know, another reason why I think he's telling the truth is because Ash brilliantly asks him in kind of like a casual way, right? She just kind of casually tosses it out there. And so like, he didn't really have time to think about his Mm -hmm. answer. So that's also why I think he's, he's being honest. Yeah, that's true. Look, I I think you said some things uh, I love in there, Jennifer, of, of being honest. I don't want a book form. I, I I love the Star Wars books. I love E.K. Johnson's take on Ahsoka and her Ahsoka mm-hmm. book. I love I love it. I I yeah. I, I would not want it in book form. And then if you were to ask me after Mando season two, I'd be like, oh, absolutely not live action. Not with that. Not with that, Luke. And then right. after Book of Boba Fett, I'd be like, oh yeah, I, that sounds great. Let's <laughs> let's do that. Let's do yeah. that. And, and technology grows. But I got this, and I don't mean this, I didn't say this carefully. Not starting any war here between the Ahsokas. There's something though what, that would like. I'd like to see it maybe Tales of the Jedi or something like that and having mm-hmm. Ashley voice uh, Ahsoka and just see that character. It's the same character. Again, I got to help me. I'm choosing the words carefully. I love Azura <laughs> and yes. Ahsoka. But just like there's something powerful about that, seeing it in that form and combining the Ahsoka we all knew and, and just kind of uh, got behind for years with a, 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 a Luke from another era. You know, if you got Hamill voicing it, you maybe do something where it sounds a, a little younger, whatever you need to do. Um, or or have Mark Hamill now voice. I don't care. Like don't don't change his voice. I don't know. But just you know what I mean. Like truly having two different generations come together for this moment, which is kind of two different generations of, of Star Wars in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, even wow. though Soak is older. I don't know. That's just my my gut instinct. I, I think I'll take it anyway, including you know pamphlet, whatever. I don't care. But <laughs> that's kind of where my heart goes. 
Oh, but now that you said that, of course it makes sense to have it in the animated form with Ashley. That would be beautiful. beautiful. Oh, and, I, and again, not and I, starting yeah. any war. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there could be two Ahsokas in my world. It's okay. <laughs> two Ahsokas and <laughs> their cousins are fine. There are always two or more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to that speculation here. Any thoughts on what Dave's version might be? Which, by the way, is still just his version. It still might have to go through a couple other minds on how to mm. make it happen. Let's, uh, you know, let's remember that. And uh, or just, you know, what do we want? The dangerous <laughs> question sometimes we have to answer in Star Wars. Uh, Jennifer, uh, what, what do you think about this uh, meeting? Yeah, it is a tight timeline potentially i would like it to be after return of the jedi maybe just like a few years after Uh, um maybe ahsoka encourages him to start his jedi Mm. academy i don't know what Mm. do you guys think (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, um go ahead ken yeah oh yeah just i want you to take this one home here but Mm. uh, only because there's something um you had said that made me question my own answer um uh, in my head today, I was like, "I want it's it is a story." I think it's a great point uh, you had said, Joseph. Like it's 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 more than just a chance meeting. At the same time, I keep going, and this is again why I'm not white writing Star Wars. Of he's out there searching for things, and she's out there searching for people, right. and then they uh, bump into each other in a hallway like a sitcom. <laughs> and hey, who are you? Um, so Let's obviously, over. yeah, I, I, you know, they, they're both like sneaking backwards. They heard a noise, and then boing, yoinks, uh, who are you? Uh, and then we got a Hanna Barbera uh, Star Wars cartoon. Um, <laughs> But my, my, that's a joke, of course, but I, the idea of um, that the force would bring them together in some way. And, and maybe at one point she knows he's out there and, and discovers he's out there and what that could mean for her. I mean, mm. that's pretty powerful. Like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, Anakin's son is out there. Daughter, too, but son is, is obviously um, where we are focusing on here and, and, and have her not make that a mission. Uh, she's got other things, but like it happens or maybe the force is like, you need to go seek them out. This might provide more healing. Uh, Leia didn't spend those final moments with uh, Vader slash Anakin. So this is why the force maybe would say Luke's the one and, and Luke mm. getting uh, that kind of information. That's something Joseph, you and I have been talking all through Mando and uh, you would highlight a lot when uh, we first uh, met Ahsoka in live action of just mm-hmm. like, you know, what that means for both of those characters. So that's why we want this scene. Mm-hmm. Um but I would be interested if it wasn't like, so, oh, I'm going to go meet Ahsoka. Oh, I need to go meet Luke. It's just the force kind of was like, hey, you, you two maybe got to gotta, gotta talk, got to chat. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, uh, emotionally, I really agree with both of you. And I'm sure a ton of Star Wars fans, that's what they're looking for. Uh, the I want the emotional story to be about healing for both Luke and Ahsoka. That Luke has this information of uh, the better choice that Anakin made at the end of his life. Uh, and that Ahsoka has all of these stories of of who this man was. And then, of mm-hmm. course, Ahsoka can also give uh, Luke and Leia the gift of more knowledge about who their mother truly was, uh, not just, like, you know, information, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, on whatever the Star Wars version of on, on the hollow. You know, they, they can right. find out she's the Senator Padme. There was a Trade Federation invasion in this year. But who she was as a person, right? The, some mm-hmm. of those great episodes where Ahsoka and Padme really spend time together and bond in the Clone Wars. So I think it's the story to me is a lot about healing is what I would mm-hmm. want it to be. And then also, Jennifer, what you said, I think Luke and Ahsoka in if it's, you know, six months after Return of the Jedi, two years, wherever it is in this kind of nebulous timeline we have right now, it is natural that they both be thinking about what should the Jedi be in the future? 
Mm-hmm. And Luke has reason to have this kind of hopeful perspective. And Ahsoka has this reason to have a sort of grounded perspective of here's what ro- what went wrong on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. uh, versus Lucas, here's how it could be better. So I think those are, to me, the um, emotional parts of the story. And we've talked about it a lot as like a, a scene, right? Like, hey, they're, they're both touring around and they both go to a Jedi temple that's been, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, absolutely ravaged by the empire and they have a campfire scene and it's a scene. And I think in some ways in my mind, it's always been like a scene in exchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was really was intrigued to have uh Filoni say it's a story and I'm mm-hmm. trying to find room to tell that story. So that makes me think like, is it more active? Um, I, I think Ahsoka's fate a- at the end of that rebels episode uh, when she's walking out uh, of the world between worlds is like, is she stranded on Malachor? How long mm-hmm. is she on Malachor? It, does Luke rescue her from Malachor? Right. You know, Ooh. do they encounter one another in a way that it's conflict, that they're both resolving a problem and they don't quite realize who one another is right away and have mm-hmm. different, are, are butting heads at first. You know, I think that how much of a story is it makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, and my final thought on this, thank you for letting me ramble. <laughs> no, no. I have so many thoughts. Um, I think the key thing for me is uh, there's all the Luke side of it and the, the history of Anakin and Padme, but the real active thing, especially with the Ahsoka story, is how does this meeting affect Ahsoka? And mm. maybe that's why it's it, why it's a challenge to put it, it down, to figure out exactly where to put it down. Um, because I think one of the main things I want out of the Ahsoka series is clarity of mm. her emotional journey. Because it's her timeline is really nebulous right now from the, uh, you know, world between worlds to when we see her. She seems kind of rough in Mando season two. Yes. And then she seems like mm-hmm. she has kind of a better sense of peace in, in Book of Boba Fett and is actually mm-hmm. being kind of a quiet mentor to mm-hmm. Luke. And then at the end of Rebels, when she goes to get uh, uh, Sabine, uh, that's just some straight up uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, <laughs> I have transformed uh, to the next level. Right. That's I yeah, right. I am. Uh, I have yeah. officially leveled up in Jedi Wizard, you know, Academy yeah. level. So yeah. and that's all in this nebulous time period. So I, what I really do want out of the Ahsoka show is laying those beats on a timeline mm-hmm. so we can really feel like we're in step with her not the what happened when and how but emotionally how is she doing where is she at at the beginning of the show so we know where she has left to go um and how this puzzle piece fits into it like in my mind her meeting luke should be a big part of that puzzle piece when i see her upset in mando season two uh, about attachment it kind of makes me feel like maybe she doesn't know what happened to anakin right 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 uh so maybe there's even maybe it's even like there's not room for the story, but she acknowledges to someone, mm-hmm. to Sabine, like, you know, I, I found out some answers and it set me on this path. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, Jennifer. I love everything in there, but it's also, yeah, you immediately, uh, Joseph, you're right. You, you got almost like uh, two or three paths in front of you where, uh, you know, rescuing from Alicor is delicious. That's delicious stuff, <laughs> right? Or, or getting her off. And what would what would have brought him there? But the folk, the healing. You said the word healing. I really love that one there. And then Jennifer, you talked about there's not a lot of room in some of the beats and timelines and stuff that we we got. So yeah, I, I I'm with you, Joseph. Like that Mando first Mando appearance seemed a little bit of a sadder, more despondent, and uh, not angrier, but just more focused on some of the things at play. And second time uh, we see her, uh, you know, 
a nice cup of coffee. She's hanging out with Luke. It's a little different vibe. <laughs> a little different vibe. So it really is yeah. like a visit from your aunt, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and even yeah. that like great moment where he's like, "When I'll see you again." And she's like, "Who knows?" It's really it is training. She's training him. To, like, yeah. don't don't. She's she's telling him in that moment to like watch out for your attachment. Just enjoy the joy that we had this time, and I'll probably be back. And if not, that's cool too. Like it's <laughs> and that's so much more at peace yeah. than she feels like in in Mando to me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there you go, Jen. Did, did we convince you of anything now? Did you, which, do you want something specific now? Oh, I love it all. I love it all. <laughs> and what's, what I'm curious, I mean, I'm sure that they have all, that Dave Filoni has all these ideas, right? And that it's just kind of there mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere on a piece of paper or on a computer or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're going to find the right time to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And that to me is just like, wow, they have so much going on right now. Think about all the other stories that are untold, that they're just yeah. waiting, just waiting to find that perfect moment it's just really it's exciting yeah it's, it's a great time to be a star wars fan we say it often around here for good mm-hmm. reason yeah uh any final thoughts joseph oh i was just gonna say i, I think you know feloni as a fan realizes that a lot of this is fun too right mm-hmm. that yeah. us not knowing and us being excited when we sit down to the ahsoka show saying exactly where is this inner timeline and how does this beat connect to that beat i think he's i think he wants to share some of those answers but i think he's also aware that that's a Part of the fun of being a fan is having uh, the the fun of the discussion we're having right now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and now having so many options to tell these stories, which even when Rebels started, they might have had an idea and Iger's talking about streaming or whatnot. You know, I get all that. And, and, and things are in works in the works years before we finally see them or even hear the news about them. I get that. But it just seems like so many more avenues have opened up and continue to open up that maybe he's also just trying to figure out that question, too. Where do I want to see this? Yeah, right. book, yeah, book, comic, huge, short, yeah. Huge mm-hmm. question of is Ahsoka one season or is this going to be yeah. the seven season Ahsoka show? Yeah, Ooh. yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. All right, we are going to take a quick break and get to our other story on the other side of the break. Before we do, we have a four center recommends that I just randomly, uh, not randomly, I, I, I picked this one, Joseph. If, if, if you have another choice, by the way, <laughs> we didn't talk about this off air. Go ahead. I just think this is a, a season. I hear this book being referenced a lot. So uh, what's our four center recommends? Uh, we are recommending, and I have no problem with it, Star Wars <laughs> Revenge of the Sith by Matthew Stover. A fascinating novelization of all three of the prequel novels. It's the one that I remember reading the most and the one that I got a lot out of. Maybe there's, sometimes I see a, a, a quote a snippet floating around on social media, and I'm not sure if I'm entirely personally on board with it, but it's a fascinating novel. Goes yeah. deep and describes Obi-Wan Kenobi's butt. What more could you want? <laughs> what more can you want? Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. How about the show? And help out your Star Wars love and ears by uh, getting an audiobook on us. All right, quick break on the other side, another news story, and a look back at Star Wars' own history coming up here on Force Center. <laughs> 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar store of our fleet. We are looking at Star Wars headlines, and yes, post-celebration, a little bit less headlines, but some fun, delicious, headcanon-inspiring Star Wars uh, news stories. It's also uh, Ash Crossing Week here at Force Center. <laughs> uh, we, all, we all love Ash, uh, her, and uh, Daniel Kennedy. A great hang, by the way. The, the great at uh, whether it's a hotel, lobby, bar, or a fire pit. Wonderful souls, wonderful people. And Ash is an absolute pro. So, no surprise that uh, on the red carpet uh, where she was uh, 
you know, the press line, uh, working a lot of things during Star Wars Celebration, working hard. She got some great uh, tidbits that kind of uh, fueled a lot of uh, headlines this week, including our show today. John Kasdan apparently met Ash for the first time here in this press line because he asked at the beginning of this interview, uh, Ash, okay, Ash, okay, great. Um, they were, uh, this is after the big panel on Thursday at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and she got him talking about Solo after he told the tale of writing Aaron Kellyman a co-lead role in Willow, which I loved hearing that story. He's a big fan, and uh, I love that, uh, you know, calling up an actor and saying, hey, guess what? You, you got a part in the series we're writing. Uh, don't even audition. Come on in. Grab your <laughs> stuff. Meet us there. Uh, Kasdan said uh, he, um, first I'll say this, uh, Ash uh, just kind of transitioned from that to talk of Solo, uh, doing a little bit of a wink and a nod to the Make Solo 2 uh, hashtag that's always out there with the Resistance broadcast and their wonderful fans and all that stuff. Uh, and again, and, and and John got really excited, as he should. He, he loves this movie. Uh uh, as do a lot of people. So uh, to the points here, uh, Kasten said he has spoken to John Favreau about characters like Kira and says Favreau, the voice, uh, voice of Rio Duran, of course, is a fan of the film and, and what they built out in the film and believes that we might one day see what happened to Kira as she rose through Crimson Dawn. They don't mention a return of the comics, uh, of course, set post Empire Strikes Back. Kasten then jokes, he told John, hey, you're the one to figure it out. So uh, get going. Um <laughs> Uh, so the return of Kira, Infant's Nest, and company is a popular idea around these parts and Force Center and uh, the fandom here. Uh, so I want to go to this one first here, and then we can talk just generally your thoughts on the interview anything here. But is the Mandoverse, as it's called by some <laughs> folks, the place, especially for Kira? Uh, Joseph, I'll start with you here. Yeah, as always, I, I want to acknowledge that I'm not caught up in the comics. Um, so I don't know everything that happens with with Kira and with uh, Crimson Dawn. So uh, take that into account. But I, I'd love it if Kira fit into the Mandiverse, because at this point, uh, while my first choice would be uh, Kira, you know, Disney Plus series, I would yeah. still just be happy to see the character. I think she might fit in uh, maybe not as a main character, but as someone trying to figure out Crimson Dawn in this new era. Like mm -hmm. we've, we've already been seeing uh, a lot of that in terms of um what is going on with the criminal syndicates it, mm -hmm. with the empire, maybe not backing them as much the new Republic kind of hounding them, but not having resources and the, those organizations learning kind of like, here's how we can, you know, evade or go to the areas where the new Republic is not yet there, isn't paying enough attention. So I think somebody who has been immersed in the crime world probably has some opinions mm. <laughs> about how things are going. I also think that there is this intriguing connection to crimson dawn to what kira has experienced in that you know crimson dawn is uh what it's a kind of mall's uh breakup with uh with mm -hmm. mandalore <laughs> rebound mm -hmm. career right, right. <laughs> yeah um and i do think that there's storytelling left to be had with the armor's connection to death watch mm -hmm. children of the watch her opinion on mall's brief you know inserting himself into the ways of mandalore that there might be a connection there that, you know, Kira and the armor could have crossed paths and have mm. some mall related baggage. Mm. <laughs> Don't we all have some mall related <laughs> baggage there? Uh, good stuff there. Jen thoughts on uh, Kira. And I don't, uh, have you had a chance to read any of the tales? Uh, the, the, the bounty hunter war, war, the bounty hunters comic line where Kira returns. No, I have not. And and now I'm feeling like I should have because it sounds like there's so much that has happened. Um, and immediately I just think of she actually would be a pretty good fit into the Mandoverse, I think. I think yeah. it would be 
she'd be the right character to to bring back is what I'm saying. Um, and I think that she would actually enrich in the story. It would have been actually nice to have her in the book of Boba Fett to kind of have her be mm. maybe the main antagonist. Mm. Um, that could have been interesting. It still can be interesting. Maybe there's a season two, who knows? Um, mm. But yeah, uh, that would be, and I love uh, Amelia, Amelia Clark. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My brain. Um, so Yes. Now I will have to go back and read the comics. And there's a <laughs> like, Crimson Dawn comic going that's in the middle of its run right now, I believe. Oh, it's right now. Oh, Crimson good. Ryan, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I yeah. Can yeah. Get caught yeah. Up. She does the big return of the War of the Bounty Hunters, which overall I I, I really love a lot of the big things they've done in the in the that series uh, and and the big swings they took. Not all of it hit for me. Even Kira's return, but that's because I mean I think it was great and there's some great stuff. So happy she's back. But I, I think I had I I'm a victim of my own expectations <laughs> and speculations on, on how uh, and why Kira would return. And I, I think they did a fine job with it. I, I want to be clear there, but it just didn't hit for me on all cylinders. Um, but I'm also not caught up on Crimson Rain. But that is post Empire Strikes Back. Uh, mm. All happens after Han is in Carbonite, and therefore I don't know. It's it's um. That's why I highlighted that John didn't, you know, they didn't acknowledge it. They didn't have time to acknowledge it in this little uh, press line interview here. But it would put it, you'd have to figure out the right way to do it in in the quote-unquote Mandoverse. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree. That I, I think more than Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, which was some of the thoughts and speculations and dreams of Kira and Crimson Dawn showing up there, it would have fit real nicely in that that part of the story, that part of the world. So right. therefore it still could. And I think it absolutely could work. But then... I think I would, I'd be, if Kira shows up in, uh, say, Mando 3, Mando 4, because John's writing those scripts right now, I'd be super excited, obviously. And I'd love to just explore, all right, what are they, how are they going to tell the story? But then I think I, I'd have a little bit of that Carson Teva reaction where I'd be like, is, okay, but aren't Leia and Han concerned about, like, wouldn't this <laughs> right. come up? Don't we have an awkward, you know, you, you talk to your ex girlfriend, what do we got here? What do we got here? I, I think I'd get a little bit of that, and I, I need Carson Teva to show up and be like, there's something going on here. Um, <laughs> but that's just me, maybe an obstacle that I'm placing in front of the storytelling, if I'm being yeah. honest. So that's why, uh, to, to, to round it up there, I, I look at her own series set before uh, the events of New Hope highlighting yes. a little bit more what she was doing in the shadows as she's rebuilding Crimson Dawn and, and, and before her reemergence after Empire. It'd be more interesting, which is why, you know, even with, we're also talking about Infus Ness as a character and even Kazan said, Hey, I saw the trailer for Andor today. I was like, she's got to show up in that Inf- <laughs> m- m- uh, meaning Infus Ness. And I think that kind of timeline, that kind of era works more for me than the Mandoverse, if I'm being honest, mm. but I also will take it anywhere. If I uh, continue that honesty train there, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting if it is set, if there was a Kira story set in the Mandoverse, uh, to me, the intriguing thing would be she's so set up in Solo as somebody who went through such uh, trauma that yeah. she believes that, you know, the way life is, is you play the game and there is no version of life that isn't a game. And is that at all changed in her with mm. this change of regimes or is she the point of like, New Republic Empire, yeah. The, this this one has you know uh, better propaganda, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but but you know it's all the same. Or is she actually? Is there any part of her that her youth could be a reawakened and that she could believe in some amount of freedom again? That's the right. kind of emotional thing that's interesting to me. If we saw her uh, post Return of the Jedi, but I agree, I think I'm more fascinated with uh, pre A New Hope. Uh, the other wild thought I have about Kira is. Charles Soule has done such a uh, great job in in comics and in books. Um, I can't remember the official title now, but he's got a higher level title within Lucasfilm mm, yes. itself now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in a higher level, you know, uh, creative uh, position. Uh, I apologize, I didn't look it up uh, beforehand to remember the exact title. Uh, but there's, he seems to have really taken a liking to the character of Kira. So there's also the possibility of like, is that on the table if Lucasfilm is always looking at who do we already work with really well? Who really gets Star Wars? That that could be a step that, you know, a, a Kira show could be announced and Charles Soule is running it because he's intrigued by this character and he's taking uh, that step into a different medium. Yeah. Right. Should be a big one there, too. Yeah. And to be close, I saw a couple of people uh, tweeted it and I agree with the, the tweets of, of you know, um, not just simply uh, diversifying behind the scenes in Star Wars, which is important as well, but just like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to all or should fall on, on Favreau's uh, notepad to write out the story. So I think that's a great idea you get there just of other people coming on in. And I think that's what John, I, I took it as what John's saying, like, Hey, you're the one to, you're the one to make this happen, John. Like if you like those characters, okay. you find, okay. you find how and, and who should bring those characters back. Um, it ain't me uh, screenwriting, uh, you know, uh, second generation superstar, not me. It's you, John. And so that's what I kind of, I agree with that idea too. If it could be some other folks that make yeah. it happen. He's a creative consultant for Lucasfilm. I just looked it up. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Pretty there cool. you go. There you go. Uh, and I, 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 I kind of touched him on a little bit there, but as far as character of Infant's Nest, um, after seeing the trailer for Andor season one, I, I don't know if she fits quite yet into season one, mm-hmm. uh, but season two, especially with jumping uh, around the timeline of Andor or, or moving up the timeline, that could work for me. And that that thing I've said before on many shows here included of, ooh, give me a scene of Saw Gerrera, Infus Nest, uh, Kira, throw them all, and or throw them all at a table and have a have a meeting on how best to fight the Empire. Like That seems like more season two. Season one seems to be one planet, uh, spending time there and, and talking, to, talking about some different things in the, in the rebellion that grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Joseph. Yeah, go ahead. I was no, I agree with that. You. I think uh, yeah. I think uh, Tony Gilroy had kind of mentioned that season two is going to be uh, moving fast, right? Uh, over mm-hmm. the years, and it makes a lot of sense for Andor to have lots of interactions with different pockets of rebellion coming together. So that seems like a really logical place to to possibly meet uh, Enfys Nest. Um, but I'm I'm very hopeful for an Enfys Nest Disney Plus series. You know, oh, yeah. we got Skeleton Crew announced. Uh, I think uh, Lando is a is a question mark floating in the future, always in motion. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we're due within the year uh, for some announcements of shows that are going to be popping up in 2024, 2025. And I think yeah. Enfys Nest is a actually a really good candidate, given the interest in the character, the company's yeah. relationship with Aaron Kellyman at this point between Willow mm-hmm. and Falcon and Winter Soldier the you know massive positive reaction to the character and to the actor um mm. and there, there's just there's a lot uh that's really intriguing about Enfys Nest uh as a character you know a, a woman character there is a clear indigenous influence in her culture and in her armor so there's stuff to explore there uh, I just think she's a great candidate for her own show oh I yeah love that. yeah yeah Jen your thoughts yes there. Now I'm all in. I was like, oh, I could see it as maybe like a, you know, a couple, couple scenes and Andor because they're they are showing different communities rising up, um, in the galaxy. But no, she she has an origin story with her mom. Like, yeah. I'm, there's just so much that they can do. And Erin Kellyman, um, being a part of the Disney family, the Star Wars family, um, she is a delight. 
when I met her, I, I was, she was like, I think my first interview of the day. Wow. And she, yeah. And it, I was just so excited. I was like, I'm so happy you're here. And she just was a joy. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Maybe they'll announce it. Now I'm getting really excited about that. <laughs> I want it uh, to happen. My trash compactor's back. That's uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I'll put a pin in that thought. That was where I was going with the last question, but yeah. Uh, being such a fan of this character, like so many else out there, I'm not unique in that at all. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of value in going back with this character to uh, family, legacy, traditions, and and why uh, what when you put on that helmet, why you got to fight and what what you're doing. And and I, I I still think you know then you could have a chance to bring back Beckett and Val and spend more time with Val and spend more time with uh, those uh, three characters in their relationship uh, up until the movie solo and, and what it means and what it means for the, this grassroots rebellion growing. But at the same time, her place, go. you have to wonder about going forward, uh, you know, where would she would show up and who, you know, that it's, that it's that great scene from Rebel Rising that Beth Revis wrote of, of, of young Jid and, and, and Infus and Saw, I love that scene in the book. why so we love that book so much around these parts. So that's about going forward. And, you know, could you imagine Mon Mothma sitting across a table from Infus Nest? You know, Infus Nest pulls the mask <laughs> off again, goes, you want a drink? Mothma's like, oh, God, I need a drink. Uh, and they sit down and chat. So there's th- this character has great potential value both directions on the timeline. And I think that's why she's uh, so popular in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very yes. much agreed. But that's my final question here in the news here, Jen. You kind of touched on here at this point. If we do get the return of these characters, will the expectations be too high? How, the age-old question, how do we keep our expectations in check? Jen, you just got excited. You just got really excited. How do you keep them in check? And should, here's the other question, should you keep them in check? (laughs) I mean, this part of the fun, right? I'm not going to go on some crazy YouTube rant about it if it doesn't Uh, happen. Um, I'll keep managing my expectations. I think that, you know, for those of us that love Solo, that's why we want a Solo 2 and why we want these characters to return, Mm. especially since we've seen them bring characters back in the Mandoverse um, and do it so well. So, and you have these great actors that are just, they've created these awesome performances. Why not just insert them elsewhere um, in the timeline? So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I do feel, especially after the, after the Vanity Fair article, I do feel like maybe they're a little bit more cautious about Solo. I, I don't think we'll be mm-hmm. seeing Alden Ehrenreich coming back as Han anytime soon. And mm. I don't think that the Lando show is, I think that's on hold as well. Who knows? We could get an announcement, you know, at D23 and that could all change. Right. But yeah. that's just kind of my feeling as they're kind of just like, okay, well, that didn't quite work as, as we expected. So we're just going to tell other stories right now. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that there. Yeah, and, and without a doubt, part of the fun here is just going wild, and and um, it, that's okay. I, I asked, I think I put this question in here because I, I was really thinking of, um, you know, the idea of Millie Clark coming back as Kira. I think it's something she'd want to do. Some of the mm-hmm. the interviews she's given of, I have stories and thoughts too. Uh, she is uh, now involved in, uh, you know, with the family, so to speak, with the MCU stuff again coming up. So it all kind of tracks, and sure, and, and conversations can happen. And then I was like, well, what if she shows up for one? weird episode of, of Mando three. And I'm like, Oh, that's all I got. Like, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get really oddly disappointed simply because I have this grand story in my mind. It's the age old thing. We've been wrestling around these parts at force center. Why speculate responsibly is a popular t-shirt that we still sell. <laughs> uh, so I get it. So I don't know, Joseph, take us home, counsel us through the excitement for characters that we've yet to see, but might one day. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you, you both said so many great things. I love Solo, and I wish that they just, did just announce, like, yeah, no, we're for, for Disney Plus, we're doing that first job that Han and Chewie do with Job. I'd be thrilled. I also don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Um, and one of the gifts of Solo, and it's great that so many people are focusing on it, is it did introduce these other characters and these other threads. Uh, so I'm really glad that we are all, that it seems like so many fans are so excited about them. I think a big part of this with the expectations with these characters in particular, like Kira and Enfys Nest, is there's this balancing act where uh, you introduce a character that is fascinating, uh, has story to tell, played by a phenomenal actor and you have that instinct of like, I want their story. I want mm-hmm. them to be the focus. It gets even more powerful to me when there are issues of representation in it, of give them their story and, and tell it fully. Um, but then there's that part of like, if, but then if they show up in, in Mando or Andor and it's a scene, uh, that tension of like, are we okay with seeing them as just a guest in someone else's story? Um, right. And I think like the, the I think that would have been a bigger uh, tension with Ahsoka if her, her own series hadn't been announced so quickly, you know, afterward mm-hmm. of like, oh, that's where Ahsoka is. She's a guest in somebody else's story. Um, right. But I think that's one of the hardest things is you fall in love with the character and you kind of want if you're all in Star Wars fans like we are, or a lot of our listeners are most of our listeners, uh, you want them to have their whole own story. And I think that's the biggest, uh, biggest tension for me. Um Final thought, I think uh, yeah. confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi and confronting expectations is the destiny of a Star Wars fan. It's just it's just yeah. always going to be there and we're just always going to have to uh, adjust to, you know, uh, what we want versus uh, having some patience. I, I think you just uh, just uh, said a, another Force Center uh, thesis statement uh, <laughs> sentence there. Uh, that's all still, that's a little bit of fear too, right? little fear mm-hmm. of uh, giving it all up there, but uh, I, I really agree with that there. And yeah, and you, you said, said something earlier that actually kind of scared me, Joseph, that yeah, we are talking about <laughs> dreaming about series that we could hear come out in 2028. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, please, please time. No, no, no. It's cruel. Yeah, yeah, it is. This on the 20th anniversary of the Lucasfilm sale, Disney is our new emphasis necessary. No, no. <laughs> possible uh well that is a look at star wars news before we get out of here real quick we got a fun this week in star wars history looking ahead to star wars past and on june 7th 1977 speaking of time kenner products company out of cincinnati ohio announced that they had signed a deal with 20th century fox and the star wars corp to produce star wars toys games crafts and more i say announced because the deal was obviously put together a little bit before the movie came out. The trades announced the deal the following day. Though the deal uh, had been negotiated and signed before the release, we all know that Kenner infamously couldn't get figures out until the spring of 1978 or thereabouts, <laughs> depending on uh, how your mail worked in the city you were in at that time, the empty box campaign. Look, we, we could spend hours talking about the legacy of Star Wars Kenner figures, Star Wars toys overall. But let's, uh, let's go back to our beginnings with them. Uh, Jen, Joseph, and I uh, had a lot of chances over the last couple of years to just, uh, you know, do a Star Wars ranked series on our favorite figures from each line. And we've told some stories here and there, but we want to start with you. What are, what are some of your earliest memories of the classic Kenner line of Star Wars toys and, and other Star Wars memorabilia? Yeah, I mean, for me, Kenner was Star Wars because I only remember, not really mm. remember, watching the movie in the, the theater. I was young. Yeah. Um, so it was like the commercials. It was the toys. It was a merchandise that that really represented Star Wars and allowed me to escape and retell those stories. Um, and as a kid... 
you know, I obviously I loved Return of the Jedi, and I believe it was my cousin who had the Kenner Ewok Village, mm. and it was it was so cool. And I wanted it. And my parents didn't get me because at the time, you know, getting toys was not like how it is now. Sometimes you would have to like look through a catalog at Gemco or if like people, your, your parents would have to wait in line or if it was a really you know sought after toy. And mm. I just don't really remember going to the store that often. I think my mm. dad waited in line for a cabbage patch for me. Um, so <laughs> it was just like this kind of like, oh where anytime I would be able to come in contact with the toys, usually through my cousin, my cousin Patrick, who was a big Star Wars fan, and I would be able to play with his toys. And that was like, it kind of felt a little bit, uh, I felt very lucky. And he didn't let me play with all of his action figures. <laughs> he kept some away from me. Um, and I vowed to one day get them. And now here we are. And now I don't let my children play with them because they are collectibles. <laughs> the cycle of life. The cycle of life, yes, exactly. <laughs> the cycle of life, indeed. Yeah, we've uh, we've we've discussed some of our memories here recently, and so so, so some of the stories uh, get repeated. But you know, uh, my friend's parents bringing down his uh, Darth Vader and C C three PO figure collector, you know, boxes. Uh, the back in the oh, day, those ones, and yes. showing me and my dad the figures because uh, I was kind of sitting alone at a, at a party at a fa- you know, a bunch of families at a house, and I was just in the couch by myself, which is still something I do at parties. Um, <laughs> that and and um, buying the Bespin security guard early on, and and all those kind of things. But I was trying to really think for myself of of, of a different story to tell, and one of them is just being with some cousins a little older than me at another family event, and this is where I've, I've made jokes before, but like. They had Star Wars figures. They had like uh, Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica figures from that era. So I thought all of them were together (laughs) and was confused when I would, you know, a little bit older watching Star Wars and going, well, where's that like robot dog that comes along? Uh, Where's the one that the little robot that's like giggity, 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 like, where's that guy? (laughs) Oh, that's just from TV. Got it, got it, got it. But just I do remember an early memory of what would now be, you know, Luke and X-Wing pilot kind of gear. I've just seen uh, uh, an X-Wing pot, that bright orange and being Mm. young. This is like three or four and just fixating on that. And then later on, it's the G.I. Joe figures that I start going to a little bit first. Start actually asking for those at Christmas and Transformers and everything. And in that is obviously Star Wars. But it wasn't until 83, G.I. Joe starts hitting about 82 of memory serves. Uh, It was 83 that I started actively asking for Star Wars figures. But it's that early memory of, oh, yeah, that the Star Wars one is that guy in orange. And you said, Jen, Kenner is Star Wars in a lot of ways. And so that was my, an early memory of Star Wars, the orange guy in the weird plane. <laughs> that is a great one. Uh, yeah, I, I have so many and many I've shared. So I was trying to really go back to like my earliest. And these are those dream, uh, like uh, as I said, dreams, because these memories that are so old, they're kind of dreamlike. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And some of them I know are real because I have some photos and I verified recently with my parents, uh, mm. with my dad in particular. Um, there was a, a birthday where I think when Star Wars was really blowing up and I there's pictures of me with the Star Wars wrapping uh, and losing my little kid mind. And I remember getting two Chewbacca's because I'm mm. sure my relatives are just like, I, he wants the, the plastic 
doll, the little dolls in the plastic that the, he wants the monster guy. I don't know why. Like I had <laughs> sure they had zero idea of what this was or why it made me happy. Um, mm. But I remember eating two Chewbacca's and being happy because I could share one with my brother. Um, yeah. And the other really foggy memory, and I think this is true. It might not be. It might be a fantasy <laughs> I had. I remember going to a mall and not wanting to stop playing with my figures. So I think I had some kind of overalls with lots of pockets. So just like loading them up in my pockets. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. And I think I probably lost some because I know I had some like early on, you know, before I have clear memories that I lost. Um, right. So I, Jared's just walking around a mall with Oshkoshes on, it just pockets overflowing with the uh, with Luke and Leia, and <laughs> that's oh not one to be without my friends. That's a plot yes. of uh, Stranger Things, right? Is that, <laughs> is that one of the episodes? Yeah, it yeah. should be. It should be. Yeah. It is uh, as I always say that the love of Star yeah. Wars and the figures is uh, early and deep. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Uh, wonderful memories. Thanks for sharing. Uh, love that story. And yes, uh, Kenner. Wow. I can't believe uh, there was a time where Kenner Star Wars figures had yet to exist. But they're there forever. As Star Wars Celebration showed, I'm still. Uh, Joseph uh, 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 gifted me the Emperor's Royal Guard Kenner figure at Star Wars Celebration. He came back and said, I got, I got, I got, I got something for you here. <laughs> uh, and it has not gone on my shelf where I was going to display it. It is, it's in my hands now. It's just, it's my little podcast buddy right now. Guarding my Sith-like words on this podcast, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We are out of here for uh, this uh, episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. Thank you all for the nice words. Look, Look, nice words, uh, you know, it means a lot. And we don't simply, you know, don't do the show just for your nice words. But we get a lot of nice tweets. And uh, the the love that was felt celebration, that's a very specific love. Uh, I actually had it happen um, this weekend um, at an event. I, I actually want to shout out, if anyone's watches the Schmodown, uh, Adam Collins, a former Schmodown trivia champion, a, a fan and a listener. And, and he said some really nice words to me about uh, how the show uh, uh, affects him as a fan, and, and uh, we really appreciate that. So for those who are relatively new, you might be listening because of the, the Kenobi uh, show. Um, welcome aboard. Here's where we are, where, where we can be found. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. We replay you, episodes on YouTube, the audio versions only. Then about once a month, we fire up the cameras to do a Q&A. Uh, more things on the way there as we uh, uh, just kind of uh, – uh, focus uh, always on podcasts first, but hey, you know, YouTube's been a fun place to explore as well recently because, you know, I don't know, it's worked for some people in the past. Uh, Facebook pages, <laughs> Force Center Podcast. We can be found on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. If you're on Apple Podcast, say hey, go ahead and give us a review. Uh, we really appreciate that. Helps grow the show. Merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can get the aforementioned Speculate Responsibly t shirt there. Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can go support us directly. Uh, personal plug. And donation time, you can find me at Ken Napsock and my website, kenapsock.com. I'll actually be, if you're local and you're listening this week and you're in your Burbank, SoCal local, I'll actually be doing a comedy show in a toy store this Friday night, June 10th, uh, the Mint on Card Show by uh, our good friend Jeff May. So come on out and watch me uh, try to tell some jokes in front of Palpatine figures. It'll work well there. <laughs> That's great. Uh, absolutely there. So, uh, uh, Jen, uh, what do you got there? Where, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa and my TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. Don't forget to vote Tuesday, June 7th. Um, and please go watch the video, the celebration video. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. It's on the Disney Plus YouTube channel. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
Absolutely. And I, I, I always, I wrote, I did, I did my due diligence and actually wrote down where I wanted to highlight for <laughs> a, 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 a website or a charity of, of choice. It, it is pride month here. Uh, and oh, yes. I, uh, definitely, uh, I love supporting and have support in the past and we'll always support again, the Trevor project at the Trevor project.org. Uh, so head on over there and, uh, help them, uh, build a, a deserving, uh, you know, the welcoming, loving world, as they say on their, uh, website for, uh, uh, the LGBTQ plus community there. So I always recommend tre- the Trevor project org. Uh, Jennifer, if you got one, go back to you or I can go to Joseph. No, that's, that's a great one. Great. great one. Joseph, take us home. Uh, well, I just smashed the like button on Jennifer's wonderful video. And I think everyone else should <laughs> smash that like button. Uh, and really want to see Jennifer get more of this work. Cause you're just, you're so great at asking yeah. good questions and just communicating uh, the joy of star Wars while also just being a total pro. It's exactly uh, what is needed out there. I think. Uh, so Thank if you, you want to check out the other things I'm doing, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And I am on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'll be sharing more action figures. Uh, if you're in California and you are listening uh, today as we drop this episode, yes, uh, please turn in your ballot. And the thing that I want to continue to support is the uh, website, the effort of Vote Forward. Uh, you write letters to voters, encouraging them to use their power. If you're interested, you can find out more at their website. Uh, just Google Vote Forward. Do it, do it, my friends. Vote. Vote for Padme. She wants you to do it there. All right, that is it for this week. So for Kira Infosnest and John Kasdan, uh, we'll throw it in there for him as well, and Filoni and his dreams. We'll see you <laughs> next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.